Welcome back to The Vibe, guys. I'm so excited because today we have Tina Marie Clark on The Vibe. Tina is a model, mother, creator, author of The Shifter Method, a five-step mindfulness method to help you turn negative thoughts patterns into empowering ones. A captivating speaker, Tina helps women of all backgrounds discover the transformative power of everyday experience. The Shifter Method encourages women to get vulnerable and honest with themselves to own your awful and practice to respond rather than react. Tina has spoken at many conferences, retreats, like Say Hello Wellness, and has been interviewed by leaders of wellness. One of my favorites, Deepak Chopra, Melissa Woodhelp, and has been featured in publication, publications such as Vogue, Marie Claire, Hamptons Mag, and many more. I would love, love, love for you to introduce yourself, Tina. Hello, thank you for that awesome intro. I get I talk about getting high on your own supply. Just <laughs> speaking about um, the shift story method and what it can do is I just, I can feel it even in my body now, just how powerful, not because I created it, but because I live it. So thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. I am happy to be here because I love vibing with you. You are my sisters from another mister hundred percent get down in an authentic way and really are able to hold space and i think that really right now in in particular creating a space for women especially to hold space for each other when they're navigating such uncertain times in all areas this uh pandemic and these times have really just brought so many fears and narratives to the surface and we are faced every day with a decision to how we interact with that and I think when women are in communion and owning their truth about what's really going on they really are being able to connect with the fact that they do have a choice and often we feel in such uncertain times that we don't have a choice because we can't control the outside world but we can control the inside world and how we're interpreting the stimulus on the outside so that's what i really am dedicated to both personally and in my job there's nothing that lights me up more than speaking about this and giving this um some focus because without this method it went unmethodized for so many years but without this I do not I, I cannot even imagine where my life would be because the depths of destruction that my ego is willing to go was so it, it was endless amounts of suffering that it would be willing to cause me just to survive and I think the ego is really just designed to destroy and try to survive with a, a fearful narrative and being able to um, add awareness to that and cultivate what is really going on is so powerful. So I'm happy to be here and happy to get in there. Well, one, I just need to let everyone know that we were supposed to record this yesterday and Tina and I ended up just FaceTiming for two hours, not knowing each other at all and like laying it the fuck down. Like all of the things we were both feeling, like she looked at me and goes, I feel like I can just be honest with you. This is what's going on in my day. I told her what was going on. We actually have like, well, I, I journaled. I journaled almost everything she said. It was truly beautiful. And it was one of those moments that I hope you know you, as I was just telling you, I held space for that little girl. You you held such a space for me to like let go and let be. And as a woman supporting another woman, that meant everything and literally changed my day around. And I think that's what I really want people to take away from this episode is that you can use these tactics, these techniques, these tools to really shift your day around I really don't mean to use that word but my day was shifted yesterday we I mean I felt like we had a two-hour therapy session it was amazing but it was what I needed I clearly there was something within me that we were both like okay this isn't gonna happen today that's okay but let's talk about what is going on and I find very few people who are willing to do that and have those conversations and I'm just honored to have you on here and really talk about it especially during this time because I think people need to get real with themselves the same way that we did yesterday I mean I think I cried 
an hour of the time that we spoke. All good things, all releasing emotions, but these are, right now is such a time that we need to accept people's uh, non-beauty, non, non, non-amazing non aspects, not so being owning super your social. Awful. Yeah, owning your owning awful. Your awful. And what I mean by owning your awful is it is not inherently awful, but it is what we prescribe or or narrate to ourselves that it's awful, that we have to be happy, healthy, cheerful, dynamic, charming at all times throughout the day. And, and for me, that is just so unattainable. And when I released myself of that desire for perfection, that's really when we, and for anyone listening, that's when the point of, when you have that point of power where you realize where those fragmented parts of yourself that you resist and do not own, they're fragmented parts of yourself that are lying outside of yourself that when you have parts of you that are outside, how could you possibly be whole? Totally. Wholeness, like true 365, you know, uh, 50 shades of Tina Marie, if I don't accept and own and it at least observe the, the jealous part of me, the, um, angry part of me, the regretful part of me, the sad, um, you know, attention seeking, uh, whatever it is, the non-positive that, pissed off the road rage Tina Marie when I don't integrate that I pretend as if that's not there and when I do that with other people I never am truly being seen because I'm being seen for a version that is not my whole self absolutely and when I think to bridge and what I what we're all seeking is to be seen heard and felt and we're hardwired as human beings, especially during this time when we're not able to access connection through physicality, through being in a room with our family, through being at a dinner. And we're, we're craving and our souls are, are designed for connection. But when we're connecting or when we're connecting with a version of someone and not the truth, we, we start um, judging ourselves and start deeming the things that are human awful. So that's what I mean by owning your awful. It's really a, a radical thing of uh, self-forgiveness. I own the part of me that is human. That totally. Gets and you, gets and you, and you really not called me out, but you called me out yesterday when I, when you said, well, what, what would make you upset if you, why would that, why would that certain situation we were talking about upset you? And I was like, cause I feel like that would mean I gave up. And you were like, yes. no, that doesn't mean you gave up. That means you're allowing the space, the time, the, the, the natural process of this to sit. And it will get into all of the, the five steps, but you're like, you need to sit. You need to just sit with it and be with it. And it was in that moment that I was like, I mean, I told you that morning I did my own little, little exercise, but it was in that moment that I was like, damn, not only do I need this girl, but like people need this girl because I was able to yesterday sit for the rest of the day. I was able to enjoy the rest of the day. And even today, like I've taken it, it's, it's, it's wild what somebody else putting it out there. Even if it's, even if you know, even if you know that in your heart and soul to be true and someone puts it out there and says it, it's like, yeah, you're so right. I'm not giving up. I'm, I, and I shouldn't be scared of the thought of giving up because that's not what I'm, that's not what's being done here. That's not what the message is coming across. So with that, I do want you to get down to exactly what the shifter method is for those who don't know already. Yes. So for, for me, I was really guided and, and had no idea that I was using and applying these simple yet what often feels impossible steps in my life. So there's five steps. Uh, Stir, which is recognizing you've deviated into a negative thought pattern. Anytime through the external, when someone doesn't email you, when somebody doesn't text you back, when somebody cuts you off on the road, whatever someone um, says something that causes you to shift into a negative thought pattern, 
or just shift your energy. You may not even know that you're thinking, but there's something going inside of you that you were once at this position in your energy field and you were knocked off course. That's called a stir. It could be, um, some other people call it a trigger. It's like, when I'm stirring, when there's a storm brewing totally. inside and I've deviated. So the stir is recognizing that you've deviated. Number two is the sit, which is the hardest and most potent and powerful of all of the steps. If anyone listening can take one thing away, it doesn't matter if you sit for two minutes, two hours, or two days any amount of time that you give in between an active stir and acknowledging it and allowing yourself to resist your default defense, offloading the thing you want to do to stop the pain that you're experiencing is successful. So the sit is an emotional posture within your mind that is saying, I have been stirred. I know that I want to do X, Y, and Z. But I am allowed to allow this to move through me and not use the things that I am programmed through my whole life to reach for, offload. If it's, you know, uh, drinking a bottle of wine, if it's calling your friends to get confirmation that that guy's an asshole, or if it's whatever you do to cope. Allowing the feeling to just be there without having to tinker with the external world to make yourself feel better. Right. And a lot of the times we have these coping mechanisms that are that are destructive, but they also release the pressure. Even if they're destructive, Absolutely. they allow us to stop feeling what we're feeling. And what the SIT is designed to do is to cultivate your ability to sit with that feeling so it no longer has the ability to destroy and self-sabotage and do things in your life where you're like, wait, I always do that. I always mess it up. You mean like yesterday when I almost self-sabotaged myself and you said, absolutely not. No, you're not. We all do. And and what you said was, uh, what I thought was really uh, profound was you were like, oh, what I already knew. We are all serving as reminders along the way. So I, as as much as you felt like I was of service to you yesterday, you were of service to me to remind me of my course and, and wh- how often we need to, um, you know, uh, illuminate the way for ourselves and others. When I got to talk to you, I was talking to you about your issues, but I was also speaking to parts of me that needs to sit. Because we all have it, no matter where you go, no matter what situation, no matter if you're in a trailer park or at a, in a castle, you're going to have stirs. Absolutely. And they're going to show up. And it is our job to weigh show and, 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 and to share amongst other women, hey, this is where I don't get it right and this is what I figured out. And that radical vulnerability of sharing and showing and being like, oh, yeah, this is, this is it. Like, oh, like this is, this is what we're going towards this set. And that's really powerful. So thank you for doing that for me and being of service to me, even though you thought it was great for, for you. I mean, and guys, I'm helpful. literally hysterically crying already it because was, it, it was, it was just beautiful. It was like, it beautiful. was, it was like, we came to do this podcast and we ended up, I hope as friends, but it was like a lot came out of me and I, and I asked you a lot and you really, I'm not going to say push me in the right direction, but you were just like, no, 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 no. You're not going to do that. You're not going to shake up your world even more than it's shaken up right now. I reminded you of your truth. Totally. It wasn't something so crazy. It was just like, oh, that little nudge, that pull that you're like, yes, okay. This wasn't me being like, okay, write a list and write a list to whoever you hate. It was like, no, 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 I know. And the body know knows and the soul knows what it needs and it sometimes just needs a reminder and when those weird uh, you know coincidences happen I always think 
it's like God winking at you. It's like when God winks, he's like, Hey girl, I got my eye on you and you're on the right path. Just remember who and what you are. And let's use anecdotes. Let's use um, metaphor. Let's use storytelling to, to be able to bring you back to what you already know. The reason why it was easy, because you already knew that (laughs) I'm not teaching you anything new. It's like honoring the, the, um, the wisdom that you already have. And allowing somebody to, you know, reflect that version of yourself that is already there. It's like, and and sure. almost empower me a little. Like, you you know, we get down on women. Is, we're talking women especially get down on ourselves. We feel like we should be doing more. I feel like I'm giving up if I don't try more. So for you to just give me that moment, I'm not even going to use the word validation, but that moment of being like, no, you're not going to make your world crazier right now because it's already, it's calm. You're good. It was just really important, and I just feel like many people, like, absolutely fucking need that in their world, and they also need to have an open heart to, like, allow that space. Yeah. Yeah. Keep, going I, with, keep going with Shifter, because yeah. I could go on forever about yesterday. It, it's the truth, and the third step is the sift. That's where there's radical self-responsibility and self-awareness of when that incident happened on the external, when that person didn't email me back or when I couldn't um, understand the situation or whatever it is that pissed you off or made you stir, what is it that my mind said that meant about me? Right. And, and really excavating and unwrapping and uh, deconstructing, well, what if they didn't email me back, what would that mean about me? It doesn't mean that I'm not enough. Does it mean I'm stupid? Does it mean I had a typo? Did it mean that they don't val- or value my opinion? Is it because they don't care about me? How did I injure myself with my interpretation of what they did or didn't do? Right. How did I beat myself up emotionally through my narration of that? So they're going into the stir story, going into what my mind made that thing mean. Right. And a lot of the time, nine times out of 10, that situation is just pointing you back to a wound and a narration that you've accumulated and had since you were a young child. And our our minds are always surveying and kind of looking for indicators to either confirm or deny the truth of whatever it is. Either you're not enough or you're enough. So you're always using external things to validate or confirm or deny your value. And those situations cause stirs for you to identify and see, oh my gosh, this is where I get weak. Yeah. This is where, this is the entry point and where I am not solid. Right. So it takes the pressure off the person because they're just like the, the indicator, the check engine light for where you're not whole. Right. And them, you, you can let them off the hook for their asshole move or their, you know, whatever they did, their eye roll, their lack of whatever it was. It's not about them. It's about you. And when you have that point of power to be able to realize that they're just um, a guide to show you, that's where you kind of get the power. You're like, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just reminding me. This really has not, you're really not that power. You're really not part of this at all. You're just literally like a I just did this to me. And how powerful am I that if I have the ability to narrate my to make feel bad I also have the ability to narrate to make myself feel better so that's where you get that point of so power strong. where you're like whoa wow like if I can make this if I can really because I can I can fully feel that I just really hurt myself by the way that I feel I also have the ability to do the opposite by narrating it in a way that will make me feel better and more aligned with my truth Right. Even if I don't necessarily feel it in the moment, I can still circle back to what I know to be true. It may not be able to be in, you know, indoctrinated and felt in that moment, but it is my job to be of service to my highest to remind myself of my truth, not not what I see on the surface, but of what I really believe to be true. 
So that's where the sift is. Then there's the share, which is the fourth step. And that's what we're doing right now, where you get in communion with other women and you are sharing and owning your awful. You're telling other women what's really going on, not the causal effect, not what's going on up here, but really what is going on within you. Not he did this, she did that, this, whatever. I mean, what is really going on? Not the circumstance, but what is really going on? And when you are able to sit with another woman and be that vulnerable, it causes miracles. It causes women to be able to own their stuff and you liberate yourself and others because when shame can only exist in the dark, when it is owned and you're like, yeah, I get bitchy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I get jealous when I see that or, oh yeah, I'm always, oh, whenever I see that on Instagram, oh, I just go really far off. Whatever it is, whatever your particular thing, it could be like, oh my God, every time I see someone get engaged or every time I see someone have a kid or every time I see someone on a great vacation or whatever it is, oh, I stir, I go into why am I not enough or whatever it is. That's um, when we own that and share what our stirs are and what our narrations are, we just have the ability to have deep connection even when we're not able to have physical connection totally. um and then there's the shift which is after you have done all four steps with real honesty and really applying it you cannot come out the other side the same person something will have shifted it can vary in magnitude it could be just a little less anxiety it could just be a little more self-awareness or it could be a full-blown oh my gosh i cannot believe i narrated that situation like that that was totally false it it it, it varies in it's, magnitude it's when so you work. true though like it, especially after experiencing my mini mini shifter method it is so so true it's it's what comes out of it and what you feel even today like I feel like a, a better sense of myself and that like I don't need to rush towards anything uh, what will happen is meant for me and will come to me when it's when it's ready and and do you want do you want to rush through uh the gifts because you could you could you know you could expedite it on on the material form and be working out and not crying and doing this and doing that but really you're missing the gifts that are meant for your soul that are being given to you through an entry point of pain and when we allow ourselves to surrender to the sit and allow ourselves to sit within our truth at that moment. We, I always say on the other side of the sit, there are gifts. And I hope that one day a quantum physicist can, can like, you know, be able to prove this. But I believe that when we allow ourselves to sit, there becomes an infinite amount of possibilities that are closer to our truth when we do not react, when we are uh, defensive and reactive, we can kind of, uh, you know, predict the outcome because we know the outcome. Right. It's only chaos when we're reactive. There's really like, it can't really go great right. when we're reactive. Like nobody's like, oh yeah, yeah, when I was a total reactive, whatever, something great happened. No, nothing really great comes out of reactivity. But when we surrender to the sin, it opens up so many more possibilities for different outcomes that we could have never thought of, or we open up to the infinite of infinite creative possibilities of the creator when we sit and when we stop playing God, yeah. when we sit and allow it to come to us versus forcing it. Like you tagged me in a post today. Like for me, it was like, I would hear this quote, what you resist persists. Yes. And for me, it was always the opposite. It was like what I persisted, what I needed to happen, what I needed you to do, what I needed, needed, needed would evade me. It was like I was trying to grab onto, um, grab onto smoke or a, a cloud. It's like try, try to grab onto a cloud. Truly, <laughs> it, it evades you. It's I, I need that in my hand. It's like well, you'll 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 turn up empty because you cannot 
expedite that. You cannot, it's not tangible. So when you resist the urge to have immediate gratification, instant, I need this, when you allow yourself to surrender, you open up the possibilities. And I think that people forget and are need to be reminded of how powerful they are when they sit because they're also able to access the power of the creator. And if, if he is making my urethra work and making my heart beat and making my eyeballs see you, who am I to test the creative abilities of the, of the creator? Like let him do his thing. And my job is to surrender to that and give up my desire to play God. And allow God to show me that there's other possibilities that are not driven by my ego's narration. Bravo. You know, I have to say something. We actually didn't talk about it yesterday at all. But what was your upbringing like? I say this because mine has a really deep-rooted fundamental of both of us having single parent households Mm -hmm. of our mothers raising us so you know I don't need you to go so deep into detail but I would love to know maybe how the your method and growing up in a single parent household came about together or if it even did 100 percent. I grew up with two older brothers my mom had three kids by the age of 21 she raised us in section 8 housing And my, what I observed my mom doing was doing it all. She was the mom, the dad, the facilitator, the da da da. She was so fierce, so, so fierce and full on. But I also saw my mom in her relationship having this duality where she was fierce, but she was also really, really soft. So seeing that like paradox of being like a bulldozer, but also being able to be super feminine has really shaped me in a way that I am so thankful for because having that ability to, to go into different roles um, of strength and even just noticing myself of what is my power. And I, I always say I am my most powerful when I'm my most soft right. when I'm in my softness and I have gotten into a lot of trouble uh you know not knowing those lines where I go in bulldozer because I'm used to being a bulldozer right because you I'm know how to be to you know how to be you know how to be tough and rough yes because I knew that I saw that growing up but where does that come in where is my uh you know rough and tumble hard exterior not being really needed that's really where I was like I was going in like a bulldozer when it was like you needed like uh like a, a pitchfork not Literally, a bulldozer yeah. it was like honey you don't need that that's too <laughs> much like, that's too that. much going on here too much you don't need that and it was like I would shoot first and aim later and I had to constantly pick up after my destructive behaviors because that's what I thought my ego told me that's the ammunition I needed right and when I laid down the sword um so with my mom I would say that my mom taught me my mom is my absolute best friend I feel like a, a Jedi uh uh, Jedi training. I don't know what the word is in Star Wars. I need to ask my son about this. But she's not <laughs> a Jedi master. She is such, she does the work. My dad recently passed away. He was and still is the love of her life. And to see my mom navigate and to be able to navigate their love and her Um, connection with him even in her darkest hour to be able to honor him and to be able to use this as an opportunity I'm in awe of that woman her power is epic and her doing her work is so inspiring even in her darkest hour she is still returning to the truth I love that so much and you know I wanted to get into because I think it's important to just get into COVID times. And I'd love if we could get deep into the unknown COVID times, fear, love. And I say this because I think we're all held back by fear. We all worry about love in some capacity. We all worry about losing somebody in some capacity. 
And I feel like you can really vibe with me on that. I used to be so by the books and now I'm so like, let's go for it attitude because you never know what tomorrow could bring. And I feel like, you know, I don't want to bring up your dad, but I'm going to. You had a no, very tragic not. moment happen. And I'd love for you to share as much as you want or as little as you want, but I want you to share your message that you shared with me yesterday, the deeper message of all of this. Uh, I would say that I had a crash course in surrender. I was, uh, my dad had absolutely no symptoms whatsoever, started acting very strange. My mom said, oh, you're acting weird. Wasn't sure if you like you know, drank too much or, you know, right. was poisoned or she really didn't know what the, like if he took a gummy or she didn't know what Any, was yeah. going on with him. She had no idea. She was like, you're acting weird. And a little voice inside of her said like, he needs to go to the hospital. So he's like, no, I'm fine. You're crazy. I'm not going anywhere. And she's like, you're either leaving in the ambulance and I'm not going to go with you or I'm going to take you myself takes him to the emergency room within 40 minutes. He's at a pulse ox of 70, which is like, he was acting weird because his brain was deprived of oxygen. Right. He had been that sick. So, um, the next 10 days were absolutely brutal. Um, uh, he was on, he, or within that hour, that first hour, he was, um, put on a ventilator and the next 10 days he was in the ICU, in a medically induced coma. We were talking to him hours and hours a day, um, really just praying that he would be okay and make it and, and speaking to him and talking to him. And I remember I was sitting in my tub um, and I was praying and I said, God, you know, I was using my visualization manifesting and I was like, okay, God, I want you to go. And I was visualizing his lungs. I want you to go in and, and clean that out. I want you to do this. And I remember the energy was kind of me demanding that God fix my right. dad and a little voice. And, and in, in, um, today's society with like manifesting and, all of these things, that would be like the proper thing to do. Give it over to God and say, like, do this, you know, whatever. And and a little voice and said inside my mind goes, TM, that's the wrong prayer. That's the wrong direction. That's the wrong direction. And I, I remember fighting with the voice inside of my head. Well, what do you want me to say? Well, what's the right prayer? Mm. And it said, it said to me, clear as day, thy will be done. Thy will be done. And I'm Jewish, so I don't even know those. Or like, I was like, wait, yeah. what is that will be done. What does that mean? And it basically said to me that, and my ego was fighting with this idea, meaning if I say that it, if it's God's will, that means that I, then then I'm maybe I'm attracting or saying that that would be okay if if he didn't survive. What does that mean? I can't say that I would be 100%. okay if he survived. That's counter, it was so counter to what was going on within me, but I knew it was right because when I thought about it, when I was in, when I heard and ingested thy will be done, it was the only point in the whole 10 days that I had peace, that I actually had peace. So I was like, oh, and I remember feeling so guilty about it, right. like really guilty because if it means like I'm surrendering this to God and saying, listen. I can't demand that you fix him because you're going to do whatever you need to do because I believe his soul decided way before me, before whatever, you guys have a plan for my dad. And I don't know what that plan is. And if that means he's going to be here, then he's going to be here. And if it means that he's not, then he's not. And I have to trust my dad and God's process in making that decision. And when I could surrender my desire for the outcome that I wanted in honor of his soul, that's when I got my power. What his soul needed, not <sighs> what I needed, what I needed to feel comfortable, what I needed to feel better or not feel pain. It, I was praying for me to not right. endure the pain of losing him. That's not what his soul needed. His soul and God needed for me to recognize that this was the point to surrender because it wasn't up to me. It's, it was up to my dad and God. It's just, and, honestly, you blow my mind at how you're able to 
like it's like a puzzle piece like how you're able to go from this is about me wanting my dad to stay longer whether it's you know to be a grandpa to your kids whatever it might be you know what I mean but to be able to come back to that realization that no he's sick he may need to go his other way or he may need to be with us right now um I just find it as I'm like crying again I just find it so miraculous that and obviously so amazing for your kids and whatnot that you're able to offer this because it's so hard to like look within yourself and not think about like what you want for you even me yesterday saying well maybe this isn't for I'm not doing the right thing and it's like you know what we do catch ourselves in those thoughts but to be able to recognize and to be able to have a mom who knows that and your kids are so fucking lucky to have that is just so amazing and I know that your dad who's up in heaven with my dad also um is absolutely so grateful that you were able to break that wall and recognize like this is what he needed it's not what you needed and to be able to be proud and and enjoy the gifts even from how beautiful of a dad do I have that in his passing he can show me a huge life lesson huge how beautiful how lucky am I as a daughter that he through the pain of him leaving gets to show me this magical gift that will gift my family and myself real true true peace for the rest of my life and that's a multi-generational choice first of all multi-generational gift that I get to see through an extremely painful experience so when I think of him I think of beautiful of a sacrifice was it that you signed up to come here and to be my dad and to show me this that's how I elevate his soul is remembering that applying that and and coming back to that that's how he is elevated and that's how I honor his life he taught me that stateside he taught me that here. He taught me, uh, uh, my, my dad basically gave definition and shape. And he is the person who taught me without words, holding space. He held space for my mother. He, ne- I, if I could describe it as one thing is, uh, my dad was like the stoic, a few few words but my mom I, I think of her as a red balloon and there's a red string and my dad's holding the red balloon and it is flapping in the wind it is out there it is wild it is whatever and my dad just looks up at that balloon and just is in awe he's like there she goes that's my girl in her redness in her glory in her thing he never cared that she was flapping this way or flapping up. He knew that she was just this beautiful thing and never got worried that she was moving too fast or blowing this way or being. He He accepted her for as she was. He held space for her humanity. He taught me that. So when I think of why we are all connected and how we are all connected And I know with absolute certainty, there would be no way I would be with my man if it weren't for having the example of my dad, because I never questioned my worth. I never questioned. My dad showed me what it was to be loved by loving my mom. My, it's my such a beautiful that's such a beautiful thing because as I told you yesterday I wasn't shown that growing up I was shown the complete opposite so you know I but almost I, have. I almost hold your dad's story like as a as a second preface of what life could have been like because I'm like oh what and you know I was telling my mom all about you yesterday and how beautiful to like to have somebody who really does do that for you and shows that to you for your offspring and for whatnot and 
breaks that generational trauma honestly like really breaks that and is is not just the man of the house but is the man of your heart of your heart and 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 i just have to i have to give you a little bit more backstory because i think it will give you even more (laughs) more um uh, you know clarity on this gary my father is not my biological father so he was my stepdad that married my or that met my mom when I was two and my mom had a crazy ex-husband, my biological father that was abusive and what, that she had to break that cycle. So when I say I am lucky to have observed that I could have lived the other life, totally one that you grieve over, meaning my pain had always been that I didn't get my dad, right? Me, my biological dad. I felt so much. I felt abandonment. I felt less than. I felt all of those things. Like I just, I struggled as a teen. I, I was so pained by that. And when I do the like trajectory of the girl that would have, who I would have been being raised by my dad my 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 biological yeah. father they are two different women a hundred thousand it is, it is a woman that would have accepted being abused it would have been a woman that accepted alcohol it would have been i would have observed my father and his own demons and and i've made peace with my dad i i have a great relationship with my yeah father. no of course you, great. You, but you... at that time when he was younger he was abusive and he was out of control and his ego made him feel out of control and he used his coping mechanism was to offload and he would offload through anger by beating my mother it's so i'm glad that my mom had the courage and bravery to break that cycle and not have us ingest that toxic uh, you know uh, observing that toxicity that she was brave enough to allow herself to be in a relationship where she would be honored and so I think so my dad was a police officer and a detective and he worked for the uh uh, sorry the GA or the DA or no attorney general yeah (laughs) general and the SWAT and he's he had an epic career but uh, going back, imagine you have a 23 year old son. Cause I think about it all the time with my boys. Yeah. My dad met my mom. She was this young woman with three kids and a crazy ex-husband. And he's like, yup, I just got my, uh, you know, I just came out of, you know, training to be a police officer. And yeah, I want to sign up to be with this crazy lady. The courage that that man and that love that he was able to harness and hold space for this woman that had three kids, he loved her and he still loves her. And just seeing that and observing that level of love. Now, that does not mean my parents did not have financial stuff. That doesn't mean that they didn't want to leave each other. That didn't mean, you know, it's not exempt from all of that. I, I remember when I first had my son, Max, I called my mom and I was like, because um, I was struggling with becoming a new mom and where our roles were. And I, I, I t- told my mom, I was like, mom, please tell me you wanted to leave Gar when you were, when, when, when you first had Brianna, my sister. And she goes, I'll never forget it. She goes, no, honey, I never wanted to leave him. I wanted him to leave this world. Like, like, she hated him so hard when they first had my sister. But through all of that, no matter what they went through, my one time, you know, some years my mom was the breadwinner. Sometimes my dad was. My dad was a stay-at-home uh, dad because he had a hip replacement. Then my mom, like, they were able to create a relationship that no matter what always was about each other. My dad died for my literally they died for each other in terms of like my dad would walk or my mom would walk in doing nothing wearing nothing special and you could tell that he was like oh my god she's like he thought she hung the moon like totally he thought she was everything everything and my mom just thought my like it's my guy like (laughs) 
and my mom is beautiful my mom is great looking and she's got a great vibe but she's just like no one no one has this kind of soul no one has like this man is ride or die so to have observed that um i feel really incredibly blessed and that does not mean there wasn't heartache from not having a bio, you know, not having my biological dad, but being able to through the thing that hurt me the most, I was able to also have something else that I could sink into my gratitude, which was I could be sitting here and talking about how sad it was that I had this stepdad and my parents were together. Right. I could pick that narration, but that's not my choice. Right. My narration is to sink into what I did have and what I did have. And I feel like that's also your truth that you did have a really great guy in your life. It doesn't have to, it's not a hard reach for me to think that because I saw it continuously. And And it was my, mine might be years and years later, but my mom's boyfriend right now, I hope he listens to my podcast. Um, he, I hope my bio dad does it with mine. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely doesn't. But I hope Richard does because he's shown oh. me in like the last two years that like it's really one possible to like love not your offspring and two like to show me what I deserve from men and from anyone generally. And he's a quiet guy. Like I'm, as you know, could talk a million miles an hour. He has shown me so, he's taught me so much and he's probably thinking to himself, I had no idea I even showed her that. But that's the thing about teaching people. Sometimes you don't need to even know that you're teaching somebody something. Oh, Gary never used words. Yeah. Never words. It was through his, um, David and um, him have, or Gary have the same thing. It was like a soft flex. Yeah. <laughs> they were never the guys with the gold Rolex. They were like the guy with the incognito IWC. Like they didn't need to be the man. They knew they were the man. Yeah. They knew that they had they had this uh, like real like strength that comes not from the ego. It's like, yeah, 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 you can all do this, but I know what I'm doing. I know, I know I hold space because I'm solid in who I am. And when you observe that and uh, what you were saying about Richard is like, that's such a gift to be able to observe, to, to be and, able to. And to see how much he loves my mom. Like, yes. It's like, it's like, wow, like sure, it may have taken her a couple of years to find him, but he loves her so much. And like, I remind her too all the time. I'm like, mom. Don't, don't get sassy. Yeah, I'm like, don't yeah, get don't sassy with up. him because he's a really, really good, 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 good man. And that's really special. And you know what, Tina, I know you and I could talk forever, but we have reached our 45 minute point. And I have one more thing I want to, I mean, I have a hundred thousand things I want to ask. We'll do a part two one day. Once, once a little more COVID subsides, we'll do another, we'll do another part of this. But, you know, I have to ask you this because I know this is a passion of yours. Painting. Where does yeah. it come from? Where does it derive from? What what gets you to get on to, to paint? What gets you to get dressed up and get ready to paint? Anyone who follows her knows exactly what I'm talking about. What is it about that whole method for you that gets you out of probably your zone? Um, I actually just finished a paint, painting right before I just I saw it. It's yeah. gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, I just... So it was nothing. It was like... It was this white painting that was nothing. It, I... I so if I could bottom line it is I paint to paint not for the painting right I paint to paint totally I like painting I just started painting I never painted before I never like I do not consider myself artistic in any way but I enjoy painting I started painting when I first came to Ohio I think it was like October and I was just like okay like let me let me do something. I needed kind of a hobby or something to do. So I called one of um, my dear friends and one of the best artists ever. His name is Victor Matthews. And I was like, Hey Vic, I want to do this. Um, you know, you know, I I didn't even know what it was called at the time. I was like, I want that, like the paint that like kind of stands up off the palette. (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about. It's called molding paste. And I was like, okay, like tell me what to get. So I go in and I get it. And then I just started painting and I recorded it on Insta or I recorded it on my iPhone. And when I would look back at it, uh, over like a time-lapse, I remember not only enjoying it in the time, but I was relaxed watching the time lapse. Right. 
As am I. Every time I watch, I'm like, (laughs) as my jaws dropped. I was like in this portal, meaning there was there was nothing else in there that mattered except that the canvas and yourself. Me and myself, yes. And and it was, and then I started realizing that what was coming out on the canvas was actually an externalization of what was going on within me. So I would observe like, like um, the idea of ugly and owning your awful. Right. These paintings were so ugly. I mean, they weren't pretty because it wasn't of a woman basking with big breast and beautiful body and what it was this, it was this, um, you know, abstract, nothing looked like it was, but I gave it meaning, right. meaning when I was painting, I was like, Oh my gosh, like all of the scribbles. I was like, that's what happens when I'm stirring. Oh my God, that's exactly what happened. So you like visualized what was going on. Yeah, it was like, it would happen. And then I'd be like, oh, that's what that represents to me. I would give it meaning after the painting was done where I would look at it and I'd be like, oh my God, that's my subconscious. And this is my conscious. Every, like I, I did this one where it was like, the top was really pretty and soft. And then there was one where it was like scribbles on the bottom. And I was like, oh my God. That's what, how it, it appears in my life, meaning underneath, meaning my stirs have crazy stories and a lot of chaos, but up here, they manifest on the surface through, through these bigger, softer shapes. But what is really going on is in my subconscious, they're all these little tiny, like grittier parts that need to be looked at, but they always feel big on the surface, meaning when I have a stir, it feels like it's the only thing happening. Meaning it feels so big, overwhelming, but it's really just an indicator of what's going on with this chaos underneath. And it's my invitation to look at the chaos. Ugh, and your, I just your thought, brilliancy is like truly mind blow. Like it's like, it's like mind blowing, but it's not brilliance. It's it shows up it's like, a, no but you're okay better word awareness you, you. awareness no thank you yeah but I felt like I was being shown and guided and that was the cool part like I felt like I was getting some access into this like portal totally. of information like I felt really lucky to interact on that full on that on that wavelength because I'm like wait I'm getting life lessons through this and I feel and and that's why I mentioned the painting because I feel like seeing yourself do something and it's the same way that I'll film myself doing yoga and I'll see and I'll time lapse it also and I'll be like why did I stop for like those that 30 minutes or like why did I do this or why did I do that and it's like you see a lot about the type of human you really are doing that. And people can say that's silly or whatever they want. I don't really give a shit what anyone else thinks. But it really is seeing yourself. And it's not like vain or anything like that. It's truly seeing yourself and how you're doing and how you're moving and how you're acting and all of these things. And I love that I, I, I'm so sad that we have to end soon because I just could talk forever. And the one thing I'm going to leave you with because I have four things I wanted to ask you but what is the biggest piece of advice or learning lesson or something that you would tell anybody right now going through this time, maybe going through a hard time, going through an easy time, whatever, COVID, non-COVID, what is your biggest piece of advice of working through the shit? Yes, my biggest piece of advice is when you are activated, when you're stirring, do nothing. That doesn't mean you're letting somebody get away with it. That doesn't mean that you are letting somebody off the hook. That doesn't mean that you're anything other than allowing yourself to be and allowing the momentum of that moment to reduce. You're allowing it to be. And all of these ideas like, oh, let it be, let it run through you. These are all cute ideas, but they hold such powerful and important valuable like transformative allowing like ah noticing the part of you that wants to send the next nasty text noticing the part (laughs) that wants to an answer 
noticing the part of you that cannot sit with not knowing if you got that job. Totally. Or if he's going to call you back or if you're going to, you know, go on that trip or if you're going to get that apartment. That part of you that needs certainty and security, noticing that you act that it's an illusion that you need it because it doesn't change anything because you still have chaos. Like through the acquisition or the accumulation or the securing, you cannot secure smoke. Right. You can't secure and get your hands and, and capture that. Nothing is capturable. So noticing that it's like, I'm getting, uh, I'm being uh, convinced that I could get that and that'll make me feel better, but it, we will never feel better. It is a, a, a lesson of surrender because anything could happen at any moment. Your dad could die. You could get COVID-19. You could, anything. The tsunami. it could be the end of the world. It's like you, through those things does not make you feel or get you any closer to okayness. But inside your world, that no matter what is going on on the outside, that you could have peace, that's fucking power. I, that's I couldn't agree with power. you more. And I want to also, I just want people to know before we end this that it's okay to break down because breaking down is usually a breakthrough. And oh, yesterday absolutely. I broke down, I mean, you saw me, I broke down hard and I broke through something really big that I didn't know I could. And I urge people, I truly urge people to have those moments to know that it's okay to hysterically cry over what may matter to you may not matter to someone else and that's okay there's no comparison in this life there is no oh, such it's thing it's, it's for you to see it's for you to see it's like oh i was that chaotic but when i saw i had to be on my knees in despair people ask me all the time like oh what's your inspiration i'm like my inspiration came out of my desperation right my desperation like i don't want to feel this this hurts please help me like that's how that came so you have to be if you're at that point of desperation and you feel overwhelmed that you feel like crazy and it hurts so bad whatever is going on that is the entry point where you can make that shift of 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 getting like you have to without pain we don't we're, we're not creatures of being able to learn the i wish we would being able to learn these life lessons like it's through our pain and our suffering we are able to access this deep deep knowledge so when you so a good reframe for the break down is an opportunity for the breakthrough and it's being present to it like you were yesterday to being able to like shift it and be able to say like this is you know you were like I couldn't understand how you know and and this is the takeaway I would say life is not happening to you it's happening for you right you get to that point where you were like well how could this possibly be happening for me because it's so painful you're like this is happening to me they're doing this to me how any other way no, no no when you're able to see like this is there is something here that I am supposed to learn and staying open to it instead of uh trying to tinker by getting control by making and getting someone to do something or soften that it's like it doesn't need to be softened it needs to be experienced so you can let it go let it out of you and and honestly tina thank you for talking to me yesterday thanks for jumping on this podcast today and thank you for allowing yourself not allowing thank you for offering everything that you've offered and i hope you know, people can take everything from what you said, and I hope they buy your book, and I hope that they see the gifts that are right there in front of you. You know, so many people say they can't get a therapist right now because of these times, obviously, and it's like, read this book. Sit with yeah. it. Sit with so it. There, actually, sit with it. I want to tell you, this is what I'm really excited about. So when I created the Shifts for a Method, I needed to get it out. I felt like it was something that just needed to be birthed and it, it was becoming painful for it to stay in me. It was like trying to hold a 40 uh, week baby inside of you. It was like, it was like trying to keep in a 40 week old baby that mm-hmm. is just like trying to come out. It needed to be birthed. Yeah. That being said, um, 
there has been so much that has happened um, in my life and after the Shifter Method that I that I'm so excited to be now offering the online course. Oh yeah, is way more comprehensive in understanding like the Shifter Method book. I feel like uh, is an appetizer to and an entry point to understand the method, but to fully understand it, I believe that the online course, I, I'm a perfectionist. And I remember when we wrapped filming it, there was nothing else inside of me to give (laughs) way because I gave, I was like every story, every experience that could explain and use metaphor and give light to the, this method was given and I'm so proud of it because I believe that it's the best way to really um, ground and have people understand the method. So I am excited to have that offering that will be coming out this month. But really, if you're looking to do this work in in a more... Um, so if you're looking to um, really adopt some principles that will be life-changing, I think the best way to do it is through uh, signing up for the online course because it's just a library of different ways of catalog, a catalog of different Do they get to see you? Method. Yeah, it's, it, it's me. It's like- Okay, because I was going to say there's something, there's something about like actually visualizing and seeing that person there. That like, I think, I think makes a big, I mean, I think there's a reason I had a breakdown yesterday in a good way, obviously, but it's, it's seeing that person and seeing their feelings. And even when you talk, your eyes are closed, your hands are moving. It's like something that like you need to see and feel and like be a part of. So I think that's amazing that you're offering a more community vibe than just a book, but that I still think either way, I think people should still pregame and get the book as the the pregame. It's actually funny you say that because it's, it's about the embodiment because this is me. This is, this is, um, the method. It was birthed through me. Like I, it is so, um, it's intrinsically in me. And I, that's why I paint in my clothes because my paintings do not come out when I don't, when I'm not me, if I'm wearing like regular and, and no judgment to anybody that wears sweatpants to paint, if they don't want to get their clothes dirty, that's completely fine. But for me, I love my paintings more because it's truly me baked in. Like it was me there that painted that meaning I, my clothes are a part of my identity and mm-hmm. it's a part of what makes me feel me. And when I'm painting and I'm feeling good in my vibe, in my outfit, that's where it shows up in my painting. And I, that's where I'm like, no, it just, it's the whole thing. It's my room. It's all my tchotchkes. It's my vessels. It's my clothes. It's a whole thing. It's a part. It's, it's, it's like not a ritual. Just, it's a ritual. It's exactly. truly, truly, truly a ritual. And you know what? Again, Tina, I love you. I'm love you, so, sister. So, uh, but so I love grateful. you even before we were crying on the phone. Just so you know. Like, oh I my god! No, no, no. The second that we sister, like, no yeah. one needs to know what happened when we when we talked on the phone because it was hysterical. But in that moment, in those two seconds. You were like, I know I can just keep it real with you, so here we go. And yes, we just literally going on. we literally broke through it all in two hours and we're like, we'll just do this tomorrow. And you know what? It's that it's that feeling of knowing that you're not just a guest, that you're someone I can definitely talk to if you know, I mean, even yesterday you talked to me off of the ledge, which is a beautiful thing. And you can, you can say you didn't, but you really, you guided me. You held that space. You, you did exactly what Gary did for you. You held that space for me and you gave me a moment to be like, no, 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 you're not going to react. You're going to go do your chill things. You're going to go watch something and you're going to be, because that's all yeah, you, you're gonna, that's all you're you can be. And I, and I, and I felt power. powerful by being, by being not attached I felt really powerful by not being attached and by being able to think. It's not even that I thought about you during that timing of just being like, nope, you're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. I just felt strong and I felt good again. I don't I don't need to know. Those who are, uh, there's a Course in Miracles, there's a quote, those who are a certain can afford to wait. So when you're certain 
about that life is, is going to give you all of your, everything you need to know, all of your blessings, all of your people, all of the best for you. You can afford to wait. You don't have to push it. You don't have to persist with it. Those who are certain can afford to wait and being certain that you're being guided is, is the best that's surrender. And And, that's what, and, and I, and I thank you for that because it's been, it's been, it's been, I think for everyone, it's been an emotionally rough time, but for you to, again, do that for me. And even if you don't feel that you did it and that oh, I did no, it no, myself. No, I'm still going to feel good. I'm, I still feel, I'm taking it in. I'm like, oh, that was, yeah. No, you I, did. I, you did. I mean, like you still met, you still do. And that's why I said your kids are, and your husband are so lucky to have somebody who can like be of that vessel for them as well because it's so rare in this world and especially today in today's age people are really worried about just themselves or just like their pod of people so for you to be able to take even two hours yesterday just talking to me about our lives and going to the Salvation Army and getting pantsuits like that was a that was just like being real and normal and like we need that sometimes as much as we need breakthroughs we need those pockets of just normalcy of me being like where do you go on a- what do you buy on amazon what do you do here Everything. <laughs> just Everything. just that's just like the weirdest like you know we went from so deep to so undeep and i feel like that's when you know that you're really meeting a quality human being who can hold their own in deep conversations yet hold their own when talking about target Amen. Amen. Straight up. So with that being said, thank you so much for coming on the vibe. You are a light. You are a source. The same way yesterday you were like a sorcerer's uh, uh, knife or whatever it is. Um, You just, you radiate it all. And I'm just super grateful to have met you and to know you and to call you a friend. Thank you. Amen. Same, same. I love you and have a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day. You too. I want to go with my babies. It's a little, it's cold, but it's, it's, beautiful out so enjoy and thank you so much i love Love you